with the string quartet of Ben Podolsky, Judith Myers, Savannah Hochberg, Hochberg, and Molly Williams. And all under the direction of music director, Mrs. Debbie Wright. Here today, words from Holy Scripture. Is it not on? Here today, words from Holy Scripture. That's better, huh? The Psalms, Psalm 118, is commonly heard during this time of year, and we have it again today, verses 1 and 2 and 14 through 24. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not give me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteousness shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And then from the 20th chapter of John, starting at the first verse and moving onward for the first 18 verses, we hear a story of Jesus' resurrection. But in John, the story features Mary Magdalene. And many of you know that we have been, for the, la- for the days of Lent, studying through a study called Amazing Grace. And it was character studies of many of the great figures of the Bible. And the last few have been characters that didn't just have a singular story in the Bible. And so we had to think about what we knew about these people through the whole course of Scripture. And it was interesting to look at them. And so I started those studies by saying, what do you know about Paul? What do you know about Peter? As I'm reading this, think for yourselves about what do you know about Mary Magdalene? Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. 
The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she went, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there with the body of Jesus where it had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Friends, This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, one of the things I believe I was taught through young life is it's a sin to bore people with the gospel. So, on this Easter Sunday, you may not sleep through this sermon. And to assure that doesn't happen, you have a part. So every time you hear me say, Alleluia, Christ is risen, you're going to say, He is risen indeed, Alleluia. Alright, so we're going to practice. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, Alleluia. Oh, see, good, good. Okay. When last we saw the disciples together, they were sleeping while Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. They were startled from their slumbers by those who came to arrest Jesus. They were gripped with fear and most fled the scene. Peter would stick around for a while in the courtyard while Jesus was on trial, but for fear of having his identity discovered, he denied Jesus and in tears would also flee. The remainder who stayed with Jesus at least until Friday afternoon were mostly 
women who witnessed his crucifixion and burial. And so there is a mood of somberness and fear. Indeed, even on Easter evening, we would still find the disciples hiding from the authorities in a locked room. Hardly the story of great excitement when Easter morning dawned. It was still a time of mourning and lament for followers of Jesus. The light of Easter had not dawned upon them. That would change. Alleluia! Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Among those who witnessed the death of Jesus was Mary Magdalene. Even in this time of lament and weeping, she was there for a reason. She was one among many who had experienced the amazing grace of Jesus in her lifetime. While we are not told the details of that experience, we are told that she was set free from seven demons that possessed her. Seven demons might suggest that she had a recurring problem that needed a graceful solution. Of course, many of us struggle with our own demons in life. We speak of them only to our closest friends or relatives. And if or when such demons ever become revealed to others, it is usually with a whisper in private. Sometimes, though, we see these demons come boldly presenting themselves in the major news stories of violence, where strong and angry words and actions lead to great tragedy. Then we realize that it's not just us. There's a lot of evil happening in this world, and humanity is possessed by it. And when we see it, we are immediately stunned into silence. If there is any thought we have, any words we say, any song we sing in these dark moments, it is only a thought, word, or song of lament. That's always the first song in the face of tragedy. Yet the light of God's grace may break through even these dark walls and barriers in which these tragic evils hide. Even in our own lives, the light of Easter breaks through. Maybe at least for a moment, as it does this morning, with a thought, a word, a song of joy. Such joy is enough to think and sing. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. On Easter morning, Mary Magdalene came to a tomb, freed indeed of her many past demons. But now she is dealing with the darkness of lament. On this morning, she is mourning. Her own lament is part of the darkness that shrouds the scene as she comes to the tomb of Jesus. Let's be clear. She did not expect to be moved beyond that dark lament. She did expect that the tomb to which she was going would be closed tightly, keeping Jesus in the strong bands of death. 
To her surprise, however, she witnessed that the stone that covered the tomb had been rolled away. With some excitement and haste, she ran to Simon Peter and the disciple to tell what she had seen. But her message was not the joyous good news of Easter. It was even more dark and ominous news of dark tragedy. As if darkness could not get deeper. Now there is added anguish of those who believe that the grave of Jesus has been robbed. Indeed, fear compounded with more fear, the song of lament becomes stronger. Such fear and lament, it seems, is so deeply rooted in all of us. For whenever bad news raises its ugly head, we tend to fear the worst. Where was Jesus' body? They didn't know. Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved ran to the tomb. This other disciple ran with more haste and reached the tomb before Peter. Peering in the tomb, he saw the linen wrappings, but there was no body of Jesus there. When Peter arrived, he ran straight to the tomb, saw what the other disciple had seen, but curiously also saw that the cloth that had been on Jesus' head was now all rolled up as if someone had purposely done so. Why would grave robbers take the time to do that? There is, of course, another explanation, that the body that was once here in death's strong binds is no longer confined, like when the morning of our time of sleeping has come to an end, and we are no longer sleeping but awake. We still leave behind clues that this is so in the bedroom. Peter may not have discerned that at first. The other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, did sense that something new was in the air. He believed what Jesus had told him about the resurrection from the dead. Alleluia! Christ is risen! Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. But while the other disciples returned to their homes, Mary stayed at the tomb, still weeping, still lamenting, and through her tears she looked into the tomb for herself. And she saw two angels sitting there. For Jesus' body had been laying, one at the head and one at the feet. These messengers speak to her. Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you lamenting? To which she frames her lament more personally, much more personally than she did to the disciples. Jesus, whom she cherished as Lord because he had in life cleansed her of all her demons in his amazing grace, was not there. They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. No sooner than she give, no sooner had she given this expression of her lament than she would turn around and encounter another stranger who was standing there. She did not recognize him. Was it because it was still in darkness? 
her first thought is, is that he is just a person there to tend the garden where this tomb was located. A stranger with no recognizable features or aspects that would make us think differently about him, even as we in our own lamenting and fears may pass many strangers who are there with us in dark moments with little recognition from us. Stranger also asks her, Women, why are you weeping? But then adds a second question For whom are you looking? Does Mary sense that the second question has some knowledge about the one for whom she is really looking? In all her anguish and lament, maybe, at least she replies as though she might. Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Lament has not yet left her. But now she sees some clue, some hope that she might find some answers about the body of Jesus. And indeed she will. But she is for an even greater surprise. She's in for an even greater surprise. Alleluia! Christ is risen! Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. When that stranger speaks to her once again, he speaks, as we say, her language. He speaks in quite personal terms, using only one word, her name. And in speaking, she noticed something she did not notice before. Mary, he says to her, The mere mention of her name is already a life-changing grace. Even as it is for us when we are baptized and our names are prominently mentioned to the community gathered there. Our own names are mentioned in connection with Jesus. His life, his death, his resurrection. His voice speaks to us with good news that falls on lamenting spirits. On our own deaf ears sometimes. His voice graces Mary in her state of lamenting and changes this moment into something new. Something truly good. Recognizing this voice as one she has certainly known for some time. Who has called her name many times before in grace and promise. She responds with excitement and joy for the first time. Rabboni, teacher! When friends or family get together after being apart for a while, greeting one another by name, they are compelled to hug one another. It's a new moment, a good moment, a grace-filled moment. No one could fault Mary for wanting to do the same as she does in this moment with Jesus. And Jesus, the bearer of all grace, would certainly not want to deprive her of that. Now, in their encounter, death no longer keeps them apart. Now tears of lament give way to unexpressible joy. So when Jesus says to her, do not cling to me, she obviously was clinging to him. But Jesus tells her the reason why she needs to now let go. It is not to let go of the joy, but to let go because the joy needs to be extended to many others 
who live in lament and fear. Jesus says, let go, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, your Father, to my God, your God. Ascending means more than ascending to the cross as he did. It means ascending to a place where all can be seen and cared for, and so many still struggling with demons or caught in the shadows of lament and fear. Such ascension does not mean distance from them. It means bringing, being in a place where he can see and call out names of all with his voice and his good news and his grace that raises us. That the joy of his resurrection is joy for everyone. We already have some occasions for expressing this Easter moment that overcomes lament and brings joy to the hearts of others. When we share the peace of the Lord with one another, we go up to others, maybe even strangers to us. We speak to them, sometimes by name, and even add their names as a preface to the words we now share. The peace of the Lord be with you. We may even hug as we do so. But now we are no longer strangers through the reconciling peace of Jesus our Lord. For these words of peace, the words of our dear brother, our dear friend, our dear risen Lord Jesus Christ, even though our voice, even through our voice, we get to hear his voice calling us by name, gracing us with peace that is even greater than all our demons and tragedies, all our fears and laments. His victorious voice triumphs over death and the grave, giving us a new way to light, to the light of heaven that casts all darkness aside. And this new way shows our thoughts, words, And songs as we declare that because of Easter, joy in Christ's amazing grace will always be with us for all ages to come. Alleluia! Christ is risen! Christ is risen indeed! Alleluia! Amen.